Porter, as well as holiday cookie baker extraordinaire, <laughs> yeah. Mr. Jacob Schneider. Jacob, how you doing, man? Jeremy, nice to see you. Nice to be back. Uh, it's been a minute. Uh, I'm definitely a friend of the pod, but it's been a minute, and I'm glad to be back. It has. It has. Long lost friend of the pod making yeah. his way back home. Very much a, appreciate it. Been a busy few months uh, since yeah. graduation, and now trying to land on my feet with everything and jobs and balancing social social life, work life. And, mm-hmm. you know, we're still in a pandemic. You know, there's a lot of things going on in the world right now. And Taylor Swift just re-released a new album. That's really important for a lot of us, too. Abs- absolutely. 100%. Yeah. Totally agree. Yeah. What's the uh, what's the kitchen looking like these days, Jacob? Is there's just cookies as far as the eye can see? <laughs> are, you, are you getting like you know the burns on your fingers? You know what's what's it like right now? Yeah. So um, uh, as most of you know, I'm still freelancing for MLS as a part timer. Uh, I'm not full time. I don't have any full time work right now. It's you know everything right now is uh, on my own time or whenever they ask me to do something. So I knew with the MLS season coming to an end that there's going to be a gap from December, January to mid February, and I love Christmas. Everybody loves Christmas, but it's like, it's the one time of the year where, you know, I, I really get into that festive mood and uh, I bake cookies every year for my family, for friends. And I just kind of give them away. I talked to my mom and I was like, Hey, uh, how would you feel about me uh, destroying your kitchen, but with financial gain? And it came to the point of like, uh, let's do this. So I got licensed by the state of Minnesota to own, open a, uh, an at home bakery. And I'm selling Christmas uh, tr- Christmas cookies. So uh, right now, our kitchen is kind of a disaster, kind of not. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just sent, I just uh, put out my first two orders yesterday. Uh, those were fulfilled and picked up, and done a lot of sampling, a lot of uh, giving them to neighbors and friends, and all the reviews yeah. have been great. I know uh, Jeremy. I'm going to be seeing Jeremy next week as he picks up. Absolutely, I'm going to come pick up my. Uh, my batch looking forward to it. We're hosting Thanksgiving this year. So you're, you're coming in clutch for me, man, with the desserts. Yeah. And you're going to have to bring one of the little ones with you. Uh, my little sister is yep. going to be helping with uh, all the stuff too. And she'll definitely. Oh man. It. I'm going to bring Jenny for sure. Yeah. She'll, she'll yeah. have a blast. She'll have a blast. So that's awesome, man. So um, you know, I was going to wait till the end to kind of plug this, but since we're already talking about it, tell everybody where they can uh, kind of get involved and they want to get some cookies from Jacob Schneider. Where can they do so? Yeah, so anywhere in the state of Minnesota, we are not doing shipping, unfortunately, due to state regulations, but uh, I'm a registered food producer under the Cottage Food Producer Act in the state of Minnesota now, so uh, anywhere in Minnesota, you pick up the cookies, I supply them, Um, good prices, good cookies, good everything, we've got variety packs, uh, eight different types of cookies, three different types of treats, uh, two pretzel treats and one uh, hot cocoa bombs, kind of like a bath bomb, but for your coffee mug pretty cool actually and then um you know head to instagram jacob's cookie shop straightforward as as it sounds j-a-c-o-b-s cookie shop um link to orders in the bio otherwise i'm plugging everything on twitter as always at underscore jacob schneider find my work there uh find my uh obnoxious tweets about the (laughs) fa cup today uh was ridiculous uh bolton blew a 3-1 lead and uh a non-league team came back to beat them an extra time five to three you know, that's stuff amazing. like that's unusual. So everything on socials, uh, Jacob's Cookie Shop, Instagram, underscore Jacob Schneider on Twitter for anything else. I'm impressed that you got the handle Jacob's Cookie Shop on Instagram. I'm surprised yeah. it wasn't taken already, but there right. you go. Was Good very, stuff. I, I thought about doing something clever, and I was like, you know, let's just be straightforward. What is mm-hmm. it? It's a cookie shop. Whose cookie shop is it? Jacob's. Jacob's. <laughs> straightforward. Love that, man. Straight to the point. 
at Jacob's Cookie Shop on Instagram. Uh, you can also hit him up on Twitter at underscore Jacob Schneider. All right, Jacob, now we are going to move away from the cookie talk. We'll circle back to the cookie talk in a little bit with a little top four, a little uh, tease there. But let's get into the Minnesota United talk here. Um, and we'll get into the Portland game in just a minute. But I want to start by kind of recapping the regular season. Um, a lot of mixed feelings, mixed reviews that I'm seeing from supporters uh, uh, and uh, and reporters alike on on Twitter and social media, as as usual as we usually see. But you know, you finish fifth in the Western Conference. A lot of as every team goes through, you go through a lot of adversity, a lot of injuries, struggles. How do you feel about the way the regular season panned out for Minnesota and where they ended up? I think Minnesota has the pickiest fan base in the entire league. <laughs> um, you look at all the other you, – you look at the rest of the league uh, at coaches who have made the playoffs for three straight years, okay? Mm-hmm. The coaches he the, – the coaches Adrian Heath is alongside are uh, Peter Vermees from Sporting Kansas City, Brian Schmetzer, Seattle. Uh, um, you know, it go, the list goes on. It's, it's the elite coaches in the league. And by mm-hmm. no means is Adrian Heath Brian Schmetzer. By no means is he Peter Vermes. These are MLS legends. They, you know, they 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 are the game. They are the league right now because they are the best coaches we have to offer. You know, everybody everybody respects Schmetz. Everybody respects Vermes. You know, they're they're each their own individual. But Adrian's done a great job with this Minnesota squad that he's been given at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, last year ended in heartbreak. You know, it was, you know, you you blew you blew the lead against Seattle. They came back, they won it, and you know it's stung for a lot of these people. And they go went to, the Minnesota went into the offseason and they brought in uh, on one of the lowest salaries on the team, one of their highest contributing individuals, Franco Fragapane, 170k years, baffling. Like, yeah, <laughs> how on earth did, did, did if if it was Lagos, if it was uh, if it was Heath, I don't know who, but whoever brought him in on that salary, brilliant. You know they need to be they need to be applauded for that. You know, mm-hmm. it's the little things like that. That's a season-changing signing. It really is. And last mm-hmm. year going into the playoffs, um, Robin Lude was our number nine. You know, uh, it wasn't ideal. Mm-hmm. But it worked. We got, we made it happen. We brought in a high-profile pro, high uh, DP this year in Adrian and he hasn't panned out. Simply put, he has not panned out. But also, you're, t- you're asking a player to come to a country he's never been to, play in a league he's never been to, Go on a team with only a few other French-speaking individuals, no friends, no family, and we're also in the middle of a pandemic. You know, it's it's still it's still relevant. It's still a thing. It's still on the minds of these individuals as they travel. He, his entire world is spinning and changing as he makes this jump, and there's so much pressure on his shoulders. You're coming into this team and you're starting right away. There's no other striker to compete with. Mm-hmm. Ramon Avila, uh, like he he was out the door right away. You know. Yep. Didn't like him. He said, "He said go, go play elsewhere." DC picked him up. It was a really weird situation. But regardless, he's gone. So now there's no backup striker who is competitive for Adrian Nunu, unless you're playing Robin Lude at the nine. There is no backup striker who is competitive enough to beat him out in a starting role. Fernando Adi was nearly retiring before the Loons brought him in. He was set to join a futsal team in Portland to play mm-hmm. indoor futsal. Like, uh, and Juan Agudelo, you know. He, it, it's, it's a weird story. He was, he was hyped. He was a wonder kid. He was supposed to be the next big thing. He was supposed to be the next Landon Donovan, the next Clint Dempsey, the next Brian McBride, the big, the big national team player. 
And then, you know, it just, it just didn't work out uh, slowly, but surely he's made his way around the league, ended up in Minnesota. He hasn't contributed much to anything at all this year. Uh, they brought in Nico Hansen, who was brilliant at the start of the season off the bench, provided some pace, uh, some energy, some different styles of play and uh, as an inverted winger. Uh, had a really tough injury absence over the summer. Came back this fall, and it's just out of favor. I, I don't know what the situation is there. I've asked. Uh, it's just coach's selection. Nico's available. He's healthy. He's ready to play. But he uh, he's just not being selected at the moment, which, yeah. you know, it's, it's up to the gaff. You know, that's his call. And, um, you know, Reynoso was injured for a lengthy time. Fragapane injured for a lengthy time. Yeah. Renew out for a few weeks. Load out for a few weeks. And the international break with the Euros. Michael Boxel injured during the month of August. Couldn't go to the Olympics with New Zealand. Like, there's there's been a lot of perseverance here. And to finish fifth in the West with the absolute injury, like, show that this team has had, you know, applaud yeah. them. You know, they fought. For sure. They, there were a few instances where – results were is a terrible performance you know we look back to vancouver uh, i think it was late july uh you know if you win that game you're probably the four seed you know mm-hmm. you're, you're probably hosting portland and your better odds are home you know for everybody but also minnesota's record at providence park isn't too shabby so who knows yeah. what uh that'll end up at. but you know I don't understand why this fan base is so picky. The only thing that we can all agree on that irritates us is the substitution patterns. Uh, mm-hmm. Multiple media members, uh, multiple fans, everybody, it's a bit, they're a bit baffled by the substitution patterns the club makes, but that's also up to the gaff. You know, that's, that's not our mm-hmm. call to make, and it's worked out. He's got you in the playoffs. You're in fifth place. You're... I mean, you got lucky, you know, the final day was pretty hectic, but I think, I think they're just too picky. Be happy. You're in the playoffs. Look at the mm-hmm. Eastern conference. There's three elite teams. Then there's everybody else within like two points of each other. Look yeah. in the Western pretty conference. wild. Three elite teams. And then everybody else within one or two points of each other. Like I, I just don't get how people can be so upset about a club that is for the third year in a row made the playoffs and had a fairly successful season and you know, and the injury layoff over the summer completely wrecked them, you know, mm-hmm. and they, they came back from that one, four start or Oh, and four start to the season. Ozzy Alonso has shown his veteran leadership over the past few months and broken into the starting lineup ahead of a Hassani Dodson. You know, we've mm-hmm. seen, we've just seen the growth and it's, I, I don't understand, you know, how so many people can be upset with a fifth place finish with the results uh, ending the season, they this it's a good team. Minnesota is a good team, and honestly, there there's probably only one or two teams they couldn't beat on their best day uh, in a regular season match. The playoffs are a different different situation, but if you're mm-hmm. looking at regular season, just a casual match and teams going head to head, you know I'd be scared of one or two teams on each, on each side's best day. Other than that, they're competitive. You mentioned Minnesota's record at Providence Park uh, wins in each of the last two seasons on the road at Portland. I believe they've gone seven unbeaten yep. against the Timbers uh, over the last few seasons. Um, is this just a case where Minnesota has Portland's number? Is there something tactically that just matches up well for Minnesota here? Um, you know, talk, talk me through why and how Minnesota has just been so successful against such a, uh, such a notable uh, uh, organization like the Timbers. Let's go. I, I believe it was June. Let's go back to June 2021. Uh, that second-minute goal when Fragapane and Unu combined. 
That was the awakening for this club. If they don't win that game with that early goal, I, I don't think their season stays on track. I don't think they're a playoff side. That right there is their most important performance of the season, uh, if I'm looking back on it. You know, we all know how good the Timbers are. We all know how Diego Valeri is probably a top five player in MLS all time. You know, look, looking back on it, I, I genuinely think that. And this Timbers team is aging. This Timbers team has suffered a lot of injuries this year, and they've kind of bounced back in similar fashion to Minnesota. Uh, if I'm looking at this from a neutral standpoint, it's probably the most intriguing match going into the first round of playoffs. Just because, you know, each team started out kind of rough, had a lot of injuries over the summer. Sebastian Blanco, the most nameable one for Portland. Um, and their top players came back, Reynoso, Fragapane, and Lode, uh, and Blanco for the Timbers. And all of a sudden, these two teams are slowly shooting their way up the table. And now, first-round playoff match. Minnesota's success in Portland comes down to them taking advantage of certain situations, early goals. Um, you know, early goals this season have been the big thing. Minnesota's struggled with them, but when they get them, they tend to hold on. Um, but the past success against Portland, I think, goes back to that – uh, 20 or 17 season when they just were destroyed by Portland in their opener. And, you know, it just, you know, that little, that doesn't ever leave your mind. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's a statement. Are they going to be able to compete? And the Lions have taken to a, taken it to them nearly every time since, uh, you know, and draws wins unbeaten. They're both qualified for unbeaten. And I think, uh, I just think Minnesota knows how, to play the same style, the same way, the same game. And they each have their similar playmakers on the wings and centrally at, at the 10. You know, uh, it's it's gonna, it's a really intriguing matchup going into Sunday because I don't think there's an underdog. I really don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, Heath says he is the underdog because that's his go-to. That's just, you know, he embraces it. And that's what gets him going and his squad going. But I really, I look at this from a neutral standpoint, There's there's no underdog. Each team has found success against opposition on the road and at home this season against against each other. Minnesota's come out on top, but who knows? It, it, the playoffs are a completely different situation for any team, no matter who you are. Whether you're the New England Revolution as the one seed, the Colorado Rapids as the one seed, you could lose in the in the second round at home. You know, it could happen, and nobody would expect it to happen. So anything can happen. It's playoff time. Uh, when you look at this from a tactical standpoint, Jacob, uh, you know, Minnesota's coming into this with a attacking front that is performing as one of the best in MLS right now. Um, and Portland has seemed a little shaky on the back line. On the other side, though, Portland's attacking front has been excellent down the stretch, too, outscoring teams, I think, 8-1 to one over their final three games of the regular season. Um, and Minnesota United, while the stats would say they've kind of been on par with the last couple seasons, I think from the from the eye test, their backline has not been as consistent in quality as we've seen from this team over the last couple of seasons as well. So uh, just from a matchup standpoint, from a tactical standpoint, who do you think has the advantage in this one in terms of who is attacking front can take advantage of the opposing team's backline better? I, re- I really don't know if I'm being honest. It's, it's a mm-hmm. tough question because um, – Chase Gasper is one of the most unique defenders in Major League Soccer. Um, he's got the drip and the sauce when he touches the ball. He does things no fullback should be able to do with a ball. You know, he's cheeky with it. He's he's able to make good touches. He gets forward. But he's also a defensive liability. Uh, Serginho Dest, for example, 
really good going forward, really good with the ball at his feet. But once he gets the ball at his feet, you know, he might lose it. And then there's a, there's a hole. Um, Michael Boxel is getting up there in age, but he's still a brick wall. Uh, Bakai Debasi has had a bit of an off season, you know. Um, I don't know if it's uh, got something something to do with form. I don't know if it has to do with just uh, not feeling yourself, but he's had a bit of an off, off fall for sure. Um, and Tyler Miller, uh, it's a really weird one with Tyler Miller because mm-hmm. I almost look back to it and I think it was an unfair benching of Dane St. Clair this past spring because that 0-4 start, you can't really blame on a goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. That's, that's there's, there's 10 individuals in front of him. And, you know, there were th- I think there were two or three goals that maybe he should save. But it's an, almost an unfair benching. But Miller took advantage of it and he came back. Yeah. You know, and now you look at it and Miller had a – let's be honest, his October, his, his October was really bad. He made multiple mistakes, multiple, multiple goals, and that should never go in. And, uh, you know, it, it hurt the team. You know, it hurt the results. It hurt the mentality. And Heath, I asked Heath about, it and he said the only thing they can do to tell a goalkeeper in that moment is that they they're confident in him, and, and he's their number one. And I look back at it, and you know, I I just I feel like uh, you've got two really good goalkeepers, and one was benched for an 0-4 start, and another one has stayed in the net after making some really really unlucky mistakes. Uh, you know, it's the the Loons defense has been leaky in October, if we're being honest. It it's not up to par where it should be, and that includes the goalkeeper. Um, whereas the Portland Timbers, my goodness, you know, you never know what you're going to get. You really don't. You could mm-hmm. see, uh, you could see them put six goals past you and their defense be rock solid, or they could concede six in the first half. They mm-hmm. just, um, they are a complete shot in the dark team or shark shot in the dark. Excuse me. Um, I just, I, I don't know what to expect. And I think, uh, it's really going to come down to a midfield battle. Is Ozzy Alonso going to be up for it? Is Will Trapp going to be up for it? Uh, can Emmanuel Reynoso be playoff Reynoso? Can he be who Adrian Heath says is the best player in Major League Soccer on his best day? Can he be that version of himself? Because if so, the Timbers are in for a real treat. But if you're Minnesota, how do you how do you hold back Sebastian Blanco? You know, is Dairon Espria going to show up and score another Puskas contender? Yeah. Like, you know, what what is going to show up? Uh, Garish Lanier's Goda. Uh, who's going to start up top for the Timbers? We, we don't know. We really don't. You know, it's it's a complete uh, – it's such an intriguing matchup just for the options that both teams have. Minnesota could roll out with Ethan Finley on the right wing and Robin Lode at the night. Lode uh, just had a f- phenomenal international break uh, with Finland, uh, was in the EA Sports FIFA Team of the Week as a result. Uh, but as a central midfielder, even though he played the 10 for Finland, so a uh, bit, bit odd there. But uh, you just don't know what you're going to get with either team. There's multiple attacking options that they could bring out. Um and, you know, speaking of the front four, well, what are we going to do with Adrian Anu? You know, he has been the most inconsistent player on the team all season. Mm-hmm. But he's he looks he looks the part of late. Throughout October, he looks the part. He really does. But is is that a, is that a coincidence? Is that uh, just a small occurrence? You know, or is that something to expect going forward? You really don't know. So it's it's a tough one. Sunday, four thirty. And you can catch us on Twitter Spaces, Jacob and myself, beforehand, beginning at 4 p.m. with some very special guests. And Jacob will be joining Post Loons for the YouTube stream after the match as well. Uh, Jacob, I'm going to leave some time here to rank some cookies. All right. Okay. So uh, are you ready to do that? Yeah, let's go for it. I promise we will get right back into the interview in just a minute. But first, want to let you know 
about our good friends over at Stimulus Athletic. You probably heard us talk about them each and every week here on 10K. Uh, Stimulus Athletic is really, we talk about Stimulus a lot and we actually, we seeked them out. Seeked? Is that the word? We, we sucked? No, no, because they don't suck. Uh, we seek them out to be our title sponsor here on 10K because like, this is our audience. Our audience are, are mainly people in the soccer community. We're not ignorant to that fact. And we figure people in the soccer community love good soccer jerseys and probably have teams who need good soccer jerseys every season. And that's exactly what Stimulus Athletic provides. They are locally owned and operated right here in Minneapolis. And their owner, Jason Mora, is a mainstay in Minnesota soccer history. So you're you're really helping contribute to not only the local community here in Minnesota, but also Minnesota soccer and somebody who has done a lot for Minnesota soccer in Jason. So um, Stimulus Athletic, not only are you, are you helping, but you are getting a quality quality product or products in the process i mean they can outfit your club with jerseys warm-up apparel you know socks doesn't matter doesn't have to be sock it can be any number of sports as well so if you want an example of what stimulus athletic can provide you know there's a club you may have heard of them minneapolis city sc they use stimulus athletic for their jerseys and minneapolis city are the pinnacle of lower league soccer right and they use stimulus for their jerseys. Uh, other great sides like Joy of the People or Vlora FC here locally. It's not just local either though. Tulsa Athletic, they went to the NPSL championship game, national championship game this year. They use stimulus athletic. How about the Anguilla national team? A national team in their World Cup qualifying matches use Stimulus Athletic for their jerseys. War Stimulus Athletic apparel. That's the quality you're getting, but you're not paying an arm and a leg. This isn't Nike, this isn't Adidas. I don't know if I can, I'm supposed to name drop other brands on these reads, but I don't really care. That's not, you know, you're not paying an arm and a leg for this stuff. This is quality game gear and apparel at affordable prices. That's the whole reason Jason pursued this venture in game gear and apparel. He played soccer. He knows how much it sucks to be out on a soccer field and be uncomfortable wearing something that's too heavy or doesn't breathe right or is just not comfortable to wear. It's quality game gear, it's quality apparel, and it's at very affordable prices. So if you are a soccer, baseball, basketball, ultimate Frisbee team looking to say, okay, who's going to uh, produce our jerseys for this coming season? Stimulus Athletic is the place you should be looking at. StimulusAthletic.com. Click that Get Started button. If you have a design already, maybe you have a designer, maybe you are a designer, that's fine. They can take that design, apply it to their quality products. If you don't have a design, guess what? Stimulus has a design team as well. They do whatever you need to get you the look and the jerseys you need. StimulusAthletic.com. Click that Design tab. Click that Get Started button. And make sure throughout the process you let them know Jeremy from 10,000 Pitches sent you. All right. I know that was a long ad read. Right back into the interview we go. All right. Now's the, now's the uh, part of the show I know everybody is waiting to hear. And that is our top four. And being that we've already established Jacob as the, uh, the cookie expert, being that he is baking all these wonderful Christmas uh, holiday cookie treats for all of us. Um, again, at Jacob's Cookie Shop on Instagram, if you want to uh, buy what Jacob's selling there. 
But uh, being that uh, we have you here, Jacob, we are going to do the top four holiday cookies. There are all different types of holiday cookies, all different shapes and sizes. And uh, so we're just going to kind of rank our top four. Um, I'm going to give mine as somebody who loves to consume cookies, and you can give yours as somebody who loves to bake them. So I feel like we've got a, a good kind of full circle, full circle uh, view of this here, Jacob. Perfect. All right, Jeremy, you want to start or should I? I will start because okay. I'll give I'll give the wrong answers and you'll give the right answers. <laughs> um, so we're going to go four to one here. Sure. So we're going to go we're going to go pageant style here. Um, so my number four. Christmas cookie is just your normal traditional gingerbread cookie. It's okay. simple. You can't go wrong with it. It's, you know, it's all cut out really nicely. You know, it's all really more about the aesthetic, but it always tastes good. I, I feel like it's one that you, you just can't go wrong with. Um, it's always, you know, when you see like the different cookie options on the tray, it's always one of the first ones I grab. So it's like old faithful, the, uh, the gingerbread cookie. So that's my number four. Okay, my number four. It's a tough one because I, I, I had a pen planned out in my head, uh, just kind of not giving them places. Now I got to give them places. And it's, uh, I'd say, you got to give them places. You got to rank them. Yeah. Ones that are really difficult to make is any sort of hand, hand shaped cookie. If you're taking like multiple colored doughs, for example, uh, one of the ones I'm selling is a, called a candy cane twist. And, it's two shortbreads, so you have a vanilla shortbread and a peppermint shortbread, and you have to twist the dough to make a candy cane. And you have to chill your dough to a certain temperature, not too cold, not too uh, room temp, and then you have to put it back in the in the cold before it bakes, otherwise it loses its shape. Turns out really great. It tastes great too, but it's tedious. So I'll throw uh, I'll throw any sort of sort of handcrafted yeah. shaped cookie shaped shortbread at four. All right. See, that's the that's the insight I'm looking for here, Jacob, <laughs> from uh, the person who's actually preparing the cookies. I am I am looking for that. So um, that's awesome. We're off to a good start there. Um, my number three is the uh, peanut butter blossoms. I love me some peanut butter blossoms, man. Uh, when I was little, I would just take the take the Hershey kiss out of the middle and just eat that and not even really worry about the rest of the cookie. But as I have grown as a person and as I've matured as a person, I have grown to love the peanut butter blossom cookie as a whole Hershey kiss and all. So, um, and again, it's just one of those, like you see it, you know, you know, you're going to love it. You know, this might be some like more exotic options on the table that you're not quite sure you want to try, but that peanut butter blossom is just always there and you know, it's going to be good. I respect that. Um, I'm not a big peanut butter guy myself. Uh, it's not not my fa not my favorite thing to eat, but it's really easy to cook with and it creates see, a lot of. See yummy. me either. Normally, yeah. Go normally, on. I'm not a peanut okay. butter guy, but I don't know. It's just like the chocolate in the middle, and I think yeah. the mix. Like I think that's what does it for me. One thing. One thing. A lot of people don't know are peanut butter blossoms. Uh, before you bake them, you roll them in sugar, and that's how they are. That's how you're able to press the Hershey Kiss into it. Otherwise, mm -hmm. if you press the kiss into it, it would kind of crack and fall apart as a cookie. There you go. So, Love that. There you go. Uh, number three on my end, the traditional German spritz cookie. Um, you can't make a spritz cookie without a spritzer. Um, spritzers okay. are expensive. Um, the one that my family has, we 
uh, was my great grandmother's spritzer actually. So it's been in the family for like uh, 60 years now. It's the same one we use and it's still in good shape. It's been taken care of. Um, it's a traditional uh, Norwegian spritzer. Um, but the German spritz cookie itself, that style is the one I make. Uh, small, super small, bite size, perfect amount of sugar, perfect amount of butter. It's it's just the, you know, it's the snack size cookie that everybody needs in their yeah. life. You know, you see them on the table. They look pretty. They're in the shape of a Christmas uh, Christmas themed object. They've got nice sprinkles. You know, you just pop one in. You're like, all right, I'm satisfied. I don't need to take more than there you one go. bite. So. I love that. I love that. And again, the, the insight, I, and it sounds like being that you have a spritzer that's about 60 years old, that's been passed down through your family. It sounds like yeah. you come from like a, line, a lineage of bakers. <laughs> Is that true? Um, well, I didn't start learning to bake till I was little and one grandma started showing me and the other grandma heard that this grandma was showing me. She got upset. So both grandmas at that moment were like, <laughs> I need to teach you my way. <laughs> one was the Norwegian way. One was the German way. And it was like the, the, the spritz has become a merge of the two, a merger of the two, but the baking nice. style is kind of a, a similarity between both of them too. That you just get a little, uh, a little meld of both. I love that. Yeah. I love that. So Jeremy, you're number two. Um, perfect. My number two is going to be a snickerdoodle. Again, a lot of mine are just the more like the old faithful ones, the ones you can always count on, the ones you can always just rely on that are going to be there and they're going to be good. You know, sure, you can probably, you, you probably know, Jacob, you could probably uh, bake a snickerdoodle wrong, but I feel like if you know what you're doing, it's really difficult to do so. So, um, I mean, I just I love those more traditional type Christmas cookies that I've always I've always had. I've always eaten that. I've always been there my entire life. Sort of like a nostalgia thing too. It takes me back to like, oh, I've eaten this since I knew since I knew what a Christmas cookie was. So, uh, Snickerdoodle is definitely number two for me. Here's here's some insight on Snickerdoodles. Um, so I did all my prep bakes this past week, and it took me four times to get the dough right on my first batch of Snickerdoodles, actually, um, because mm. one, it's it's really difficult. There's a teeny bit too much sugar, a teeny bit too much flour. It's ruined. Too much butter, it's ruined. Um, not enough cream of tartar, it's ruined. A lot of people don't realize snickerdoodles, you know, the reason they taste the way they are is because of cream of tartar. It's not because of the cinnamon sugar. You know, it's it's, it's a factor, but cream of tartar is the main ingredient in this, like the dough itself and the flavor it gives off. So that's a that's a real tough one to make. But once you get it down, you, you, you just don't go back. It took me a few times because it's been a... Yeah. Been, been like eight months since I've made one, but uh, uh, we got it mm. down, got it down, and uh, nice. it's just really good. I'll let you know. <laughs> um, but my right, sounds two, good. What's your number two, Jacob? That's a tough one. Uh, I'm gonna go with the classic frosted sugar cookie. Um, I'm not selling these because I'm not doing anything with frosting. Uh, it's just you know I just don't want to, don't want. I'm not I'm not I'm not an artistic individual. I, I can't frost a cookie like some people can, you know, some people turn it into mm -hmm. artwork. For me, it just probably looked like a big blob with dots or something. Uh, but I love them. I think mm -hmm. frosted sugar cookies, I like the epitome of Christmas. They establish so much uh, joy. Just like you see it, you're like, oh, it looks cool. Mm -hmm. You know, someone took time to make it, you know. So number two. Man, you just took my number one. So I can't, uh -huh. I can't go with that. <laughs> frosted sugar great. cookie is by far Mike. If we're going with my real four to one list here, 
um, okay. I'm going frosted sugar cookie. But if we're going draft style where it's now taken off the board and I have to pick another one, this may not even count as a cookie, but it's the only other one that comes to mind that I think would be relevant as a number one for me is just traditional chocolate fudge. My okay. grandmother always, every, every, we either, we always traded off whether we would do Thanksgiving or Christmas at her house. And we always kind of switch off with my dad's side and my mom's side growing up. Um, and so whenever we go there, whether it's for Thanksgiving or Christmas Eve, Christmas day, I always left with just like a Tupperware full of fudge. And I was set for like the next three months. And it was like the best feeling ever. It was better. It was almost better than any like gift I was given. Uh, that Christmas is just all the fudge that I had to eat for the next few months. Um, and I, I'm not, I'm, I'm a chocolate guy through and through. I'm not a fruit dessert type guy. Um, the only exception, and this may even be like a fringe exception is like pumpkin pie. I like pumpkin pie, but like, I don't like any, like, like apple pie. I don't like strawberry ice cream. Like I don't like any of like fruity desserts. I'm, I'm really like a chocolate guy through and through. So the fudge is just like, hits me right in the heart. And, uh, yeah, it's, I, I love it every single year. You see my favorite cookie, uh, to eat and bake is a snickerdoodle, but it's already been taken cause we're doing draft style. Uh, but I'll be, but be honest, the snickerdoodle is by far superior to every other Christmas cookie mm -hmm. in terms of flavor and baking them. Once you get it right, it just is so satisfying to, uh, to see them rise and be like that perfect shape. Uh, but if I were to go with another mm -hmm. number one, uh, gosh, you know, this might sound uh, pretty basic, but I'm going to go with the classic, um, green and red M&M Christmas cookie. Um, Tastes better yep. than an M&M cookie that has yellow, blue, green, brown M&Ms in it. The green and M&Ms, you just look at it, automatically mm -hmm. tastes better. You know, it's just just one of those things, you know. It's, it's sure. going to taste better just because of the time of the year. Um, I will say, though, uh, a close second might be uh, – it's a new recipe that I tried out this year was the uh, – it's a chocolate espresso cookie called an espresso snowcap. And those – those are really okay. Good. Yeah, we got a we got a few of those. I'm Did excited you? to okay. try. Yeah, the uh, I'm a big yeah. coffee guy. I, I I've I've learned to love mm -hmm. coffee since uh, kind of graduating high school, like five five years ago now. Jesus, five years ago now, and uh, coffee's just become like one of those things. I'd rather go spend five dollars on a cup of coffee than at a beer at the bar, for example. The coffee is my pleasure. That's the one thing I mm -hmm. love, and. Uh, Finding yeah. a cookie recipe that combines one chocolate and two espresso. It's perfect. Chef's kiss. Boom. There Boom. we go. Love it. Um, yeah, the uh, the M&M cookies are definitely like, that's like the top. If I had like an honorable mention list, that's definitely mm. at the top. Um, may Probably looking back, maybe should have even cracked my top four because those are always so good. And I think it aligns with my theme of just like, you know, the traditional ones you can kind of always count on. Mm -hmm. Um but yeah, I'm excited, man. I'm excited to try the uh, the espresso snowcaps. I'm excited to try the snickerdoodles you got going on. I mean, uh, Jacob's Cookie Shop, at Jacob's Cookie Shop on Instagram. Uh, take advantage of this. How often are you going to get somebody on soccer Twitter who is literally baking cookies out of his kitchen legally and selling them? Um, yeah. Help the guy out. Support him. At Jacob's Cookie Shop on Instagram. At underscore Jacob Schneider on twitter 
Uh, get yourself some cookies because they look damn good. So I'm assuming they taste good. I've never, I've never had your cooking, Jacob. So I can't, I can't necessarily (laughs) say a hundred percent for sure, but if they taste as half as good as they look, then we will be, uh, we'll be golden. Yeah. And like I said, you know, even if you don't know me, if we're not acquainted, you know, if you're part of the soccer, uh, the soccer community in the twin cities, or, you know, just a friend of Jeremy's or a friend of the pod, you know, doesn't matter. Come get your cookies. Come have some fun. It's Christmas time. It's yeah. it's the holiday season. And one of the best ways to do that is to spread joy. And my way of spreading joy is through the baking of like cookies and sharing them with all you guys. Because that's something I grew up on. It's a tradition in the family. And, you know, who doesn't like a good Christmas cookie, Jeremy? You know, nobody's exactly. going to turn one down. Nobody's going to turn it down. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. People people break their diets for Christmas <laughs> desserts. So, um yeah, I'm I'm excited, man. Uh, again, one more time, I plugged the crap out of it. I can't plug it enough. At Jacob's Cookie Shop on Instagram, we'll also put that in the show notes here for you to click on and check out uh, what Jacob's got going on with his uh, holiday in-home certified by the state of Minnesota bakery. That's just sure. such an interesting story in and of itself. I feel yeah. like I should. I, I I love it. I love it, man. Well, again, we always appreciate you, Jacob. Uh, check us out on Twitter Spaces on Sunday, 4 p.m leading into Minnesota United, Portland Timbers, first round MLS Cup playoff action. And then uh, Jacob will be joining the uh, the Post Loons post-game show after the game as well. Jacob, appreciate the time, man, as always. Talk to you Sunday. Thanks, Jeremy. See you Sunday.